Okay. Well, let's see. I want us to start here in, um, in uh, well, let me just make a point here before we get rolling. <clears throat> of course, this is, I mean, we're using, we've been using the projector or whatever, but, you know, your Bible obviously is the same. This is just <clears throat> for convenience for all of us here. But notice at the beginning of your Bible, you got uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now, a lot of people try to, you know, you think studying the Bible is, what's the Pentateuch? You know, really, it doesn't matter if you know those terms or not. That's not really studying the Bible. Because we've already agreed, you know, in your own heart that Jesus is Lord, okay? And Jesus is, you know, because we have such competition for, uh, well, you're just a, a white American or whatever. Or you're a black American and, and your heritage, you just instinctively choose that religion. Let me tell you something. This is life's history. It really is. They've not been able to come down and say, well, you know... That couldn't be true because this is, this is actual history. Something's dead wrong. Jesus believes this is the history, okay? So anyway, so Genesis, which means beginning, okay? What you read in Genesis is what counts, okay? Which is amazing. But anyway, Exodus, it picks up at the tail end of Genesis. And then Exodus picks up at the tail end of, I mean, Leviticus picks up the tail end of Exodus. And it goes right in order. All these just keep going right in order. It's fantastic. You know, you, you can't get confused. You really can't. Okay. But anyway, so Genesis, the beginning. All right. Everything laid out there. <clears throat> and don't worry about your dinosaurs. All the land animals were created on the sixth day. They were just called dragons back then. You go look. You just Google just a little bit in YouTube about evidence of dinosaurs and man. You'll be so overwhelmed. And you go, why didn't they tell me this? Sell your dragon legends and stuff. Check the details on what they said those things look like. Cotton picking identical to dinosaurs. And besides that, why is it, this is interesting, things that make you go, why, you know? Why is it that there's dinosaur legends, I mean, uh, dragon legends, see the word dinosaur wasn't invented until 1840, something like that. It's not even any dictionary. But the Bible has over 30 references to dragons. Okay. But anyway. So, uh, but why is it that all civilizations have legends of, of dragons? That's not supposed to happen because it should have been just, you know, the British, Wales, because they have it on their flag. You know, they're the, only ones, they're the ones that come up with this stuff, you know, puff the magic dragon, you know. It's just an American. No, it's not. It's all around the world. But that's just one thing. But the other thing is you got tracks in uh, different uh, fossils and stuff, and you, you, got, you got dinosaur tracks and you got man's tracks. I mean, gee, scratching your head, what's all that about? But anyway... But I, I know all of us here, we, we've come to grips with this. We know that on the sixth day, man was created in all the land animals. The fifth day was fish and birds. And if you just back up in chapter one, you'll see. But anyway, okay, then all of a sudden you see the history. They give genealogies. They just give too much information. You know, God, you just don't give that kind of information. You're just showing out that this book is fairy tales. No, it's not fairy tales. Exodus. They, they ended up at the end of Genesis in uh, Egypt. Exodus, they... Exit. And when we think about Sabbath, this is so important. The reason for the Sabbath, now the Sabbath is really technically would be on Saturday, but we like to celebrate it on Sunday, whatever. The whole purpose for the Sabbath, when you find out about why it was so important, you know, Ten Commandments, keep the Sabbath, keep it holy, whatever, you know, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It was to remind us, why? That he got us out of Egypt. And it's something Christians don't even think about today. When we think about Passover, we think about the ether bunny. And I want to get a basket, and I want to get a prize, which is fine. Celebrate Easter. Then all of a sudden you hear that Easter was, that's a pagan 
celebration. But of course, the Christians, we took it over because the Passover was actually the, the event, and it's the resurrection. So now we think the Passover is the resurrection. No, that's a result later as a result of the Passover. Passover meant what? Passing over, there was a death angel that killed all of the firstborn. And I don't feel sorry for Pharaoh's bunch. Pharaoh's bunch was killing all of the Israelites. He was wiping out all, they were slaves. He was wiping out all of uh, the Israelites in Exodus chapter 1 and 2. That's the reason God said, Moses from the burning bush, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He's got no choice. Okay. So anyway, they exit out halfway through Exodus, the burning fire on the mountain, the Ten Commandments, and they, the Lord shows them how to create the tabernacle. Leviticus, how to operate in the tabernacle. Right in line with this. I mean, right at the tail end of Exodus, picks up Leviticus. Here's what you do in the tabernacle. Only the Levites mess with this. That's what that word means. It's things for the Levites. It's instructions to the Levites. Leviticus, we miss it. Leviticus, Levi, totally miss it when you pronounce it that way. It's Leviticus. <laughs> you know, it should be, so you'll get in your mind. It's Levite. That's instructions to the Levites. Numbers. They actually wrote down who was coming out of Israel. All the numbers and the counts. Another, don't do that. All the atheists are going to laugh at us. No, they're not. The details are there. Towns, places, and everything. Whoops. Okay. So when you get to uh, the end of, uh, uh, or no, not the end. but So anyway, finally, after about nine or ten chapters in the eighth or ninth chapter in Numbers, all these counts and stuff, guess what? We're finally on the way to the promised land. Well, of course, you know what happened when they got there. They go, well, we can't take that land. God's out of his mind. We can't, we're scared. There's giants over there. So God sent them back toward Egypt to wander around. Don't go to Egypt. They wandered around for 40 years. At the end of the 40 years, Deuteronomy kicks off. And it's just a speech. Tells you so in the first chapter. Now, the reason I bring this up is because, you know, listen, we all have financial troubles sometimes. Let's start out with a financial. Think about your, your worst financial trouble that you've ever had or whatever or ongoing. Gosh, I wish I just had a salary was like this. I wish I had this paid off, particularly things you got to pay off or your bills. So watch this. This is right in the middle of this speech. And anyway, notice this. The speech was given on February 15th, 40 years after. Okay, they've been wandering the wilderness. Let's pick up in chapter 15. He's still breathing, giving a speech here. Look at this. At the end of every seventh year. Now listen, make yourself think along with me here because I didn't write these words. Okay, I'm just telling you what it says. At the end of the seventh year, now think about what you owe. Think about your financial burdens that you've got. What do you have at Redstone? What do you got in the car payment? All this kind of stuff. Look at this. At the end of every seventh year. You think you're going to survive seven years? Of course you are. Well, suppose you just now, when, maybe, the, maybe the seventh year is only one year away from you. Well, maybe it's a few months away, but watch this. There is to be a canceling of all debts. Wait a minute. What did you say? That got my attention. See how wonderful the Lord is? The Lord didn't just say, we don't want y'all make your own world. No, he created this beautiful world. It's fantastic. The beauty of it, now man's gotten involved and, and going around killing people and crime and all that kind of junk going on. But as far as creation is concerned, you can look up at the stars and that stuff's awesome. And trust me, all that stuff was created on day four. Day four. The sun, moon, stars, and whatever. The question is not, well, the Lord's not true because it takes billions and billions of light years for that starlight to get here. No, the question is, how'd that light get here that fast? You're asking the wrong question. 
Okay, when you think about that, they try to control the thought. Well, it's really not finding anything. There's no life out there. All life is right here. Okay. Anyway, back to this. So at the end of the seventh year, there'll be a canceling of all debts. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, we have such a tough time thinking sometimes that, uh, you know, it's not evolution and it's not billions and billions of years. You're just pushing the marker way out, way out. It's still... Somebody, I mean, you push it way out there and say it was billions and billions of years. Even their little story is, there was a big bang out of nothing. And they wrote it in their science magazines. They say, about the size of the pinhead. I mean, what? Whatever. But anyway, back to this. And we think about, you know, well, yeah, but, it, and, and we have trouble thinking these, these miraculous things. And you're trying to tell me you believe Jesus rose from the dead? You, you believe that? Of course, I believe that too, and you believe that. But you're going to choke over this? Dude, look at this. There is a canceling of all debts. Are you sure? Let me show you what Jesus thinks about all this. Jesus thinks this is so. He took a whole message one day right out of this. Let's take it from Luke. And they actually, it made people so mad, they tried to throw him over a cliff. One day, as he was preaching, ah, excuse me, wrong spot, uh, fourth chapter, excuse me. Let's get down here to it. Uh, Look at this. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on Saturday and stood up to read the scriptures. Aren't you glad that's what we're doing today? Don't you feel like you're doing something with Jesus? That's what we're doing. Thank the Lord. If you ever want to do something like I do, whatever, or like Jesus does, this is what you do. A Bible study in your home. That's fantastic. The book of Isaiah was handed to him. He opened it to the place like I did this morning. I went to a specific place. Now, he went to a place and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's appointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, announce deliverance to the captives, something like that. You're released to the captives. Well, I'm quoting it from another version, but anyway. Release in the blind shall see, and the downtrodden uh, uh, from their oppressors. Now, let me switch this to the King James. The Living Bible kind of puts a little bit of different, uh, I mean, gets to the heart of it, but watch this. See that phrase? To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. It was actually two. One was the 50th year, and on the 50th year, if Dustin sold his farmland, at least at the end of 50 years, guess what? Whoever bought it from him had to give it back. But there was a seventh year. Every seven years, every debt was canceled. Incredible. But that acceptable year of the Lord is actually called the Jubilee. But there's actually two of them. One's the seventh year, I mean, you know, look what happened here. Healing, deliverance, uh, liberty to those that are bruised and whatever. Of course, you could get that all the time. But this acceptable year of the Lord, Jesus was saying, it's right now. It's for all of us. We don't have to wait. But now let's go back because we're, we're happy to see what he did over here. Okay, here we are. Back to this. Well, I flew by, didn't I? Here we go. Let's get back into what happened here at 15th chapter. Okay. So, at the end of every seventh, seventh years, uh, uh, oh yeah, I'm in the King James. Notice they call it a release. Sounds great. Let's put it in the, in the Living Bible and see if it makes more sense to us in Alabama here. Well, it does. At the end of the seventh year, there's a canceling of all debts. All debts. You know, you need to rub up your shoulder against the Lord and say, Lord, <laughs> remember that promise you gave the Israelites about canceling of all debts? Man, I need some help. Because Lord, I got... You don't have to speak no further. He's in on it with you. Praise the Lord. Every creditor, whoo, 
shall write, paid in full. Jesus gave a parable about the kingdom of God one time. Two men. One of them owed, we'll say about this much. Other one owed about this much. And they both couldn't pay. You ever feel like that? Doesn't matter how much the amount is, I can't pay. And Jesus told the parable and he said that, uh, you know, they went before the guy and, and anyway, the guy had compassion on them. Well, who do you think the Lord's trying to tell us about? He said the guy had compassion and forgave them both, the debts. Of course, now one guy went out and acted like a jerk, but the other one didn't. He was thankful. So you think God's involved in taking care of your bills? Yes! This is how you tell people about Jesus. You can't shut up. You're going, praise God, he takes care of all my bills. Paid in full on any promissory note held against a fellow Israelite, for the Lord has released everyone from his obligation. Now watch, he's going to tell you why. You know why? Because he got us out from under Pharaoh. That's why it's so important to remember, he got me out from under Pharaoh. I ain't going back to Egypt. Okay. Anyway, this release doesn't apply to foreigners. That's reading. We ought to serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. That, look at that. That's great. He said, no one will, be, look at this, no one will become poor because of this. Now think, if you, you're the one with all the money. And I'm going to, all of a sudden, Dustin needs a loan, whatever. And, and I'm like, man, it's one year before the release. I ain't going to, I'm not going to loan him any money. He's just taking advantage of the system. Well, no, watch what happens here. Ah, uh, let's see. No one will become poor because of this, for the Lord will greatly bless you in the land he's giving you if you will obey this command. The only prerequisite for his blessing is that you fully heed all of his commandments that the Lord your God is giving you today. So you could go read that and you'll find, you know, the biggest one you would read and you'd hear over and over again is don't have any other gods before me. Don't start worshiping these stupid idiot other gods. The ones in the promised land were throwing their kids to the fire. It says so. He said he'll bless you as he's promised. Thank God these things are so. You'll lend to many nations and never need to borrow. You'll rule many nations and they shall not rule over you. But when you arrive in the promised land, the Lord will give you. Now remember, do you think promised land belongs to us today? Well, why is it in our vocabulary? Oh, even Trump says in his speech, he says, well, when he's talking about his opponents, they'll never get you to the promised land. There's <laughs> no such thing as promised land. It doesn't mean anything. That's a, that's a wrong thing to say to, you know, promised land, promised land. <laughs> New Testament speaks of promised land, promised land. This is promised land. When you arrive, praise the Lord. We're in it. Promised land is not heaven. Promised land is here. Okay. You must, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. He says, and there's any poor among you. You must not shut your heart or hand against them. You must lend as much as they need. Beware. Don't refuse a loan because of the year of debt. In other words, like, this guy's, watch what he says. Because the debt cancellation is close at hand. If you refuse to make a loan to the needy man, he cries out to the Lord, uh-oh, it's going to be a sin to you. Uh-oh. That's the reason you've you got to believe that this is, this, this is all in the realm of the miraculous. The Lord will take care of you. And actually, I think we've all seen it happen to us. If you refuse to make the loan to the needy man, he cries out to the Lord, it'll be counted to you as a sin. How many times have I turned around and gone back, and even the other day I was with Melody, I, I went back outside and gave $10 to somebody I knew Either it was scamming people or not. I didn't care. I didn't think they were, but I just didn't want to just, oh, don't have time to think about that. I thought, just do it, just do it, just do it. The Lord take care of you. Yeah, but I need that $10. Well, I believe the Lord. He always takes care of me. So miraculous. I hadn't got time to say all the things that, where'd the money come from? This is what the Lord's telling me and telling you. You must lend whatever he needs. Don't moan about it either. 
<laughs> guilty. You know, I'm like, man, God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't need to say that because you will take care of me. And he will. Don't moan about it. For the Lord will prosper you in everything you do because of this. Praise the Lord. Now, this is either a funny book or it's not. And it's not a funny book. That's the reason I like to talk about Genesis, Exodus. I mean, there's a Jewish nation sitting over there that believes that they came out from Abraham. And Abraham believed he came out all the way from Adam. And that bunch in there, too, realized they all got blown away at Noah's age. And it started out from Noah. I mean, the records are there. Wow. And the fossil record shows there was a massive flood. Amazing. They talk about bones and stuff. And they think, oh, yeah, the fossils. Over 96 or 95%, you go look for yourself, 95% of all the fossil record, guess what? It's marine life. There was a flood. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, they don't tell you that. They talk about, oh, we found these bones of whatever. Just a slither of stuff. Besides that, check up on the plants, too. All the plants they found, they still find today. They call it topsy-turvy fossils. They go, well, if we could ever find a verified fossil that was supposed to be billions of years old, then we'll know. We got them all over the place. Okay. Anyway, let's see. You're not, he's going to prosper you in this. There will always be some among you who are poor. That's why this commandment is necessary. You must lend to them liberally. And then he says, if you buy a Hebrew slave, we need to quit choking over slaves. Well, I can't read the Bible because the Bible has slaves. Let me tell you something. We are all the slaves of Christ. Paul said it himself. Paul said, Paul, a servant. A what? A slave. I can't read the Bible because the Bible references slaves. Man, if it weren't for the United States, we would be slaves to this day. I mean, I mean we, we'd be slaves to somebody. Somebody would take us over. They're trying to take us over now, but thank God, we got a good American military. People are trying to come after it, trying to destroy it, whatever. Not just our enemies, but enemies from within. But thank God, we ain't going that route. But now back to this. If you buy a Hebrew slave, well, that meant like our brother. Whether man or woman, look at this. You must free him at the end of the sixth year. Praise the Lord if I was just a Jew. Well, that's the reason, you know, uh, um, uh, What's his name? Said he wished he'd died as, uh, uh, if he could die as happy as a slave. You know, the one that, uh, whatever his name is. <clears throat> okay. But if you buy a Hebrew slave, whether man or woman, you must free him at the end of the sixth year you've owned him. And don't send him away empty-handed. I thought the gospel is about being broke. Not hardly. Give him a large farewell present from your flock, your olive press, your wine. Ain't supposed to be no drinking. Comes up all the time. Share with him proportions as the Lord your God has blessed you. Sounds like the Lord's going to bless you. Yeah. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That was behind it all. And the Lord rescued you. That's why I'm giving you this command. Praise the Lord. All right. Now he's going to say here, but hey, if your slave wants to continue to be your slave, well, okay. If your Hebrew slave doesn't want to leave, he says he loves you and enjoys your pleasant home and gets along well with you. That's a lot of stuff that was going on in the South. It's the reason there was... War, people decided to go to war. It wasn't just all over whatever. <clears throat> we'll keep going here, but anyway. But this guy wants to stay with you. Well, he says, okay, take an all. You know what that is. You know, this guy wants to do this. He said, poke it into the door. After, after that, he'll be your slave forever. Do the same with your women slaves. But if you free a slave, you must not feel bad. For remember that six years, he has cost you less than half of the price of a hired hand. And the Lord will look at that. He'll prosper you. Man, I'll tell you what. See, if your debts, this is what happened. If your debts got so bad, sometimes people would sell themselves. Well, just sell me. I mean, I mean, I mean just buy me. I'll be, I'll be a, and the Lord said, okay. But you're going to be free after seven years. Wow. 
Gee whiz. Could you ever be a slave if you're uh, a Jew? Apparently not. I mean, you could if you wanted to actually be with some guy. It sounds like you loved this person. You wanted to be with him. But can you imagine that? And that's the same thing today as a Christian. You're never going to be a slave. Because Christ got you out. He got you out of Egypt. Oh, there's so many things that, uh, I mean, Egypt's so important. The story. It's reason you ought to go back and read that thing. And just the first ten chapters will get you out of Egypt. That'll wipe out Pharaoh. You already have a, you know, open, I mean, part the waters, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, you'll set aside the firstborn males from your flocks. Do not use the firstborn of your herds for your work, your field. And don't shear the firstborn of your flocks. So you're, what, what do you mean by the, 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 first, the first cow that's born? Yeah. Well, what's up with that? Well, the Lord wants it. Let me tell you something. Huntsville City tax is 10%. Federal is like 30%. It's at least 25%. This is not Moses' stuff. This is the Lord. The Lord says, these are mine. Now watch what he says. Instead, you and your family shall eat these animals, what? Before the Lord, your God, each year at his sanctuary. It was a big tailgate party. It was not, come hear the choir, come hear the preacher. You came to the tabernacle. Boy, we have so infiltrated this thing, made it so, like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Whoo! When you find out what all the Lord's going to do, you're like, man, I can't wait to go. That's the reason Jesus, remember when Jesus, they went up on the Passover? He was 12 years old. And then the family, they were all going back. And they go, hey, where is, where is Jesus at? He's 12 years old. And they looked through all the family. They couldn't find him. He was back in the temple. He stayed back. He wasn't like, oh, what a drag. And the whole family's going, oh, so glad this trip's over. Now, as we watch that. Anyway, however, this firstborn animal has a defect of any kind, lame or blind or anything else is wrong with it. Man, don't bring that to the Lord. Okay, instead, use it for your food at home. Uh, don't sacrifice. Instead, use it for your food at home. Anyone who is even a ceremony to file at that time may eat it, just as anyone may eat the gazelle the deer. Now, you know, if you read this stuff, you'll understand what he's talking about being ceremony to file. Don't let that give you a hiccup. You don't start the Bible going, oh, never read anything about Jesus and read in verse 22. Instead, use it for food, family at home. Well, I guess the Bible says I can eat deer, but something to do with this uh, ceremony to you'd figure that out. Okay. Next chapter. Wow, so that's finances. Now, this one here, I've already mentioned several things about this already, but let's just call it Easter or Christmas. I go to church twice a year, Christmas and Easter. <laughs> okay. And even then we don't want to go. Sometimes oh, I don't want to go. Oh, God. So think about this at this time. Okay. Always remember to celebrate Passover during the month of April. Okay. For that's when it was. Jehovah your God brought you out of Egypt by night. Okay, so... Now, the Passover, we recognize, again, is, is, is to remind us that the Lord got us out of Egypt. But if we keep thinking Passover, and we think Passover is just, oh, yeah, we're having Passover, or Lent, can't eat that, no, no, no. And it's all these, no, 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 we don't have anything idea of what's going on. Passover was death. It was, they didn't kill you. Man, praise the Lord. I'd like to be reminded of that. I didn't get killed, praise the Lord. And not going to get killed. It's in April. Now do the math a little bit. Your calendar. Think calendar. April, 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 April. Okay. He brought you out of here. Your Passover sacrifice shall either be a lamb or an ox sacrificed to the Lord at his sanctuary. That meant everybody made a trip. You know, this is basically almost around, let's say Birmingham was the heart of everything. And you lived as far as Atlanta and as far as Nashville and whatever. That's about how big this nation was, okay? You made the trip somewhere a little bit further, maybe around Kentucky, whatever you could say. 
But you went down for this feast. Eat the sacrifice with unleavened bread. And that meant bread that didn't have anything that would make it rise. Okay, it's going to be kind of flat. Now eat the unleavened bread for seven days as a reminder that you ate the bread. Look at this. As you ate, you escaped from Egypt. This was to remind you that you left Egypt in a hurry. Most Christians think, unleavened bread, unleavened bread. They have no idea what it was. You didn't have time to make a Duncan Hines cake. You didn't have time. You had to hurry. <gasps> we're leaving. We're leaving tonight. So they ate the Passover. They put their shoes on and they were gone. I mean, think about it. All of Atlanta was slaves to the United States, shall we say. And God miraculously took out our president and all of Atlanta was gone. And we couldn't do nothing about it. They marched across the Gulf of Mexico, shall we say, you know. And we tried to go after them. We got killed. Of all of Atlanta, six million people, three million, whatever you want to count it. It's awesome. A lot of people. But today we, we're like, uh, the Pharaoh, the Sphinx, the pyramids. We don't even remember that, oh my goodness, God took a massive whole nation. Now this group was famous for it too. In the next few chapters, they forgot about it. Oh, I don't know what about it. And they lost their whole nation. They lost it because they didn't remind themselves the Lord did all this. So they ate the unleavened bread. Why? Because they were in such a hurry, there was no time for the bread to rise. Now that's the purpose of the unleavened bread. So when you remembered that as a little boy, little girl in, in class there, and, and you're, well, actually on Passover, you're having the feast. It's basically a tailgate party right there. All these other families are there. You had your ox or lamb, and you sacrificed it, and, and you're reminded of the story. What happened? Well, we're eating this lamb because basically this lamb is my sacrifice because Jesus kept us safe. We didn't die. You know, your oldest brother, shall we say Dustin, he'd be the firstborn. That night he would have died. The death angel would have got him. But the death angel didn't. Because why? The blood was on the post. The blood of what? That sacrifice, that lamb you had. This was a big reminder. This was to remind you, you left Egypt. You're no longer a slave. Egypt wanted to kill you. They were after it. Okay. For seven days, he says, no trace of unleavened bread. Okay. Uh, shall be in your homes. None of the Passover lamb shall be left the next morning. The Passover is not to be eaten in your homes. In other words, don't, not in your Huntsville home. Go to the place where the sanctuary is. It's got to be eaten there, okay? Sacrifice it there in the anniversary evening just as the sun goes down. Same thing happened to Jesus. They crucified him, same time frame. But anyway, roast the lamb, eat it, and then start back to your homes the next morning. Why? It was to symbolize we got out. Woo, we're out. We're free from Egypt. We got out. On the seventh day, there'll be a quiet gathering of the people in each city. Now at your home church on that day. Don't do any work there. Man, we, we ain't going to make no money unless we work. God promises the whole time. When he says don't work, you're going to be fine. He's actually going to tell them later. He actually tells them on the, I think it was the, well, the 50th year for sure, don't even plant any crops. Well, we're going to starve for sure if we don't have no crops. God says, you ain't going to starve. He says, I'll take care of that whole year. Anyway, then seven weeks later, okay, that was in April. Seven weeks later, that would put us around my birthday or Dustin's birthday in June. There'll be another, please call it a religious thing. No, it's called a festival. This is where we have totally screwed up Christianity. Jesus ain't fun. He's a party pooper. This is like wedding parties. Because remember, Jesus is famous at wedding parties too. They don't have no more wine. And he and his mama have a little deal together. She says, Jesus, fix it. <laughs> He's like, well, it ain't quite my time. But you know Jesus was going to do it, and his mama knew he was going to do it, and it was the best tasting wine ever. 
there'll be another festival. Let's see if we see the word celebrate before the Lord your God, called the Festival of Weeks. Now remember, this is about two months later. At that time, bring him a free will offering proportionate to the size of his blessing upon you. I thought God wanted me dirt broke. No, your harvest is starting to grow. Oh my goodness. Judged by the amount of your harvest. It's a time to what? Oh yeah. And rejoice in the Lord always again. I say rejoice. Put on the Christian grin and enjoy the quiet. No, it's not. You can't help but rejoice. You're glad. I mean, the, the men don't have to sit there and listen to somebody bark and talk about his favorite little sermon or whatever. People are there. It's a huge thing. And it's a celebration. With your family and household. Oh, and don't forget to include the local Levites, foreigners, widows, and orphans. Oh, they don't want to go. Man, they would love to go. It's like, you kidding? We're going to Six Flags. Six Flags? Yes, yeah, if it's Six Flags over Jesus. Man, the Levites had this thing down to an art. They saw you coming with your kids, and when it was your turn, your kids were so fired up to be in there, they knew what was going on. Another! Wait a minute. Boy, hang on, we need to get to that. Remember the, the, the come to the celebration? At the celebration? And I hear it today. Oh, come to our church. We're having a celebration. No, they're not. They're just trying to say that, but it's not a celebration. They don't tell you anything about this. We're going to celebrate the resurrection. They don't tell you anything about it. It's just like, had to hear this preacher preach, and I'd rather be home. Celebrate. Man, that's celebrating nothing. Anyway, remember, you were a slave in Egypt. Now, that's where it comes back. Praise the Lord. I've been a whole year and I came back to this thing. And guess what? The Egyptians hadn't come after us. Praise the Lord. This freedom stuff's been nice. Okay. You were a slave in Egypt, so be sure to carry out this command. Do we? Well, we do if we read the Bible and we think about this stuff and we realize how strong it is. Another celebration, the Festival of Shelters. Now, this is about two months, two months after that. It's basically about this time frame in September. At the end of the harvest season, after the, begin, uh, after the grain is threshed and the grapes have been pressed, grapes, we making raisins, we making no, no alcoholic stuff now. Mm-mm. Look at that. How come they didn't tell us that in church? This will be a happy time rejoicing together with your family and servants. What? I don't think so. Who wants to go to some church service? Well, it wasn't a church service. Don't forget to include the Levites, foreigners, orphans, widows of your town. This feast will be held at the th- feast. What's all this eating stuff? If you've never been to an Alabama game or an Auburn game or Tennessee and see all the tailgate, I tell you, those people dress up. I mean, if you ask me, whenever I go to Alabama game, I think they're dressed in their Sunday best. Just so happens to be red and white at Alabama. But I'm telling you what, everybody's dressed nice. The women got their hair fixed. The guys look sharp. And they're having fun. Mercy. Which will be located at the place the Lord will designate. Where is he going to designate this eventually? It's going to be Jerusalem. Okay. It's a time of deep thanksgiving to the Lord for blessing you with good. It's not like, well, you owe it all to the Lord. You need to thank him for something. And we can't think. I don't know what to thank him for. I mean, I, I, I think I've got to do without him. Well, that's because we've been taught. He's not there. You know, God's outdated with the dinosaurs. And God's like, are you kidding? God described a dinosaur to Job in Job 41, or 40 and 41, called Behemoth. And this thing's got a tail, and it's described as a cedar tree. There ain't nothing out there that's got a tail like a cedar tree. Unfortunately, the Living Bible says it was a hippo. A hippo? That's not no cedar tree. Neither is the elephant. But because of influences from... 
British theology and trying to make all our evolution friends happy with us. We stuck that in there, but it's not true. Anyway, the feast to be held at the sanctuary located where the place the Lord designates. It's a time of deep thanksgiving for what the Lord's blessed you. It'll be a time of great joy because you'll hear the choir and you'll think, no, you are so turned on about what the Lord's done for you. Notice this, every man in Israel shall appear before the Lord your God. What? Three times a year. Now, we don't have to do this today because we appear before Jesus all the time. But look at this. Festival, festival, festival. Each of these occasions, bring a gift to the Lord. Give as you are able, according as the Lord has blessed you. Wow. And then he says, appoint judges and administrators. See, they're fixing to go to the promised land. Sheriffs, set up all these people in these cities. They will administer justice in every part of the land. Never twist justice to benefit a rich man. Never accept bribes. Bribes only blind the minds of the wisest and corrupt their wisdom. Oh, this is the only way you'll be successful in the land the Lord's given you. Never under any, any circumstances erect shameful images beside the altar. These are other gods. I mean, you don't need to be doing that. Never set up stone pillars to worship them, for the Lord hates them. The next chapter, we'll get into some other time. But anyways, it's... Fantastic. Anyway, but I, I mean, what are we going to do with that? That's in your Bible and my Bible. Well, thank God today you got to hear it. Wow. Financially? And then all this stuff about, it looks like the house of the Lord here is, I mean, the things, it, it, he's telling us three times a year, have this great, it's not like, oh, you never know what the Lord's going to do. I mean, he's probably going to wipe you out in the car wreck and stuff. Three times a year, you ought to have great sorrow. That's a bunch of baloney. Constant blessings. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. Father, if we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. If we're hurting some other area, you'll take care of that. That was the purpose of all these coming before the Lord. By the time we got to the temple or whatever, we were going to tell you we needed help. Praise the Lord. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to leave tracks like you left for us. These stories in the Old Testament and even in the New. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. <clears throat> All right, hallelujah.